You're listening to the Below the Yellow Line podcast from Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Below the Yellow Line podcast. Welcome to Monday's episode, or, or, you know, it was supposed to be the only Monday episode last night. It was supposed to go up, um, well, this morning it was supposed to go up last night. Unfortunately, it didn't, um, but you get two podcasts in less than 24 hours. I think uh, that's a pretty big deal, uh, barely for 12 hours, so I think that's an all right deal. Um, tonight, we are dis- uh, discussing the topic that really took the NASCAR world by storm this weekend, and for good reason, Chase Elliott, um, out of the number nine car this weekend at Las Vegas due to a snowboarding incident in which he fractured his left tibia, I believe. That was the injury. Um, the, the, the question right now is, A, who's going to be in the nine car this weekend at Phoenix? Earlier, you know, I was showing Josh Berry. That's who filled in at Vegas, finished 29th. Um, but we're not really sure, to be completely honest, who will fill in for Chase Elliott. So, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, but obviously talk about the big ramifications, the big implications that Chase Elliott being out of the car has. Um, because you're talking about a superstar driver leaving. You're talking about a whole team's championship hopes, a championship caliber team. You're talking about one of the best crew chiefs in the game here in Alan Gustafson. Um... You're talking about a pit crew that is very solid, very reliable, and you're talking about a race team as a whole in Hendrick Motorsports that just got one, two, threes at Las Vegas, and uh, sorry, just got a one, two, three finish at Las Vegas, dominating that race, and a team that's just always up front. So I think, uh, it, you know, it's huge. You lose the superstar if you're NASCAR not happy about it. We haven't seen the ratings yet. I wonder how much Chase Elliott not being in the car will will deflate the ratings, if at all. Um, at the same time, I, you know, my grandpa always says something. There's something good about everything. I think that might be a chance for Josh Berry. Um, you already got one. Even if he doesn't get in the car again, that one start was big for him. If he wants to pursue a Cup career, um, I've heard several people floating around that it could be Corey LaJoy that they put in the car. I think he's in too deep with Spire to do that, but everybody's talking about how good Corey LaJoy is, and this and that, this would be his chance in championship-level equipment to go prove it. I've heard some people mention Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon. I feel like that's a long shot. You know, I know Jimmy's technically out of retirement running a few races, but I just don't see that happening. Maybe Landon Castle, maybe you put Allgaier in there. He's run some races before. Um... You know, Gregson obviously has a full-time cup ride. They're not going to put him back in there like they did like they did last year. Um, you know, do you put Sam Mayer in the car? You know, JRM is kind of is kind of Hendrick's you know junior pipeline, kind of their farm feeder system, I guess you could say. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. To be completely honest, we'll have to wait and see what happens um, with that nine crew because it's it's really interesting to me. Um, this weekend, so it's it's listed as TBD on the entry list right now, um, and we'll just yeah, honestly, just gonna have to wait and see on that one. Um, as far as the extent of the injury goes, we know it's you know big. There's no definite timeline, and it's it's a you know fractured tibia. That sounds like it it it, it hurts like a lot. Um, I'm not sure, you know, exactly what that 
what that means in terms of, you know, is that worse than, say, like Kyle Busch? I remember he didn't come back until, uh, I want to say Charlotte was his first race back. I think the Coke 600. So that's 12, 13, 14 weeks about um, after his broken leg at Daytona in the Xfinity Series race. Um, but... Yeah, I'm not sure on the timeline for that. There is no timeline for his return, though. He's out indefinitely, um, which is unfortunate. I heard Kyle Petty earlier today say he thinks Chase Elliott absolutely deserves a waiver, and I, I think so. Um, the problem is, though, I think if we're going to give everybody waivers, we need to go ahead and just delete the rule that you need to start every race, because clearly you don't. I mean, Kyle Busch got a waiver. Matt Kenseth got a waiver. Ross Chastain got a waiver in the truck series in 2019 when he had no intent at all of running the full schedule um, because NASCAR just hands out waivers like they're candy. And I don't have a problem with that except for there's a rule stating that, you know, really they shouldn't do that. You know, you have to start every race in order to be eligible for the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. No, you don't. I mean, I'm completely fine with it as long as they erase that rule. If they don't erase the rule, okay. Then review your waivers, you know, look at them more closely. But I think Chase does deserve a waiver. He's a championship caliber driver. He brings, you know, thousands of, of fans to the track, you know, thousands, maybe even tens of thousands extra eyeballs uh, to television sets and thousands of ears to radio stations because he is Chase Elliott. You know, he's Awesome Bill from Dawsonville's son. He's, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. He has the Dale Jr. effect. You know, he has the Curtis Turner effect. Um, he's not necessarily going to sell out a racetrack by himself or get millions of radio listeners and television viewers just by showing up like a Curtis Turner could do, like a Dale Jr. could do at the height of his popularity, but he certainly is um, a big figure. And obviously, you know, the bank focuses on him and his health and recovering, not just to, to get into a race car again, but just for, for him, for his personal life. And, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers and everything are with Chase, but... But this is a big deal, not just for him, but for NASCAR as a whole. What's the structure of the playoffs going to look like? Um, and I'm sure there's going to be somebody upset with it, whatever decision they make on that waiver. There's going to be somebody happy with it, whatever decision they make on that waiver. Um, so we're really just going to have to wait and see. Um, but I, I, you know, I want to talk about you know the meat on the bones here. This podcast episode. Um, is, is how much time he'll miss. Now, we know, obviously, he missed this week, or uh, this past weekend at Vegas. We know he's missing Phoenix. I've seen some people say it could be a month or two. I've seen some people say it could be three to four months. Um, it could be similar to Kyle Busch's deal. I, I had a comment earlier on the video I made, me and Emily made about Chase on Friday night um, that said, out for the season is my guess. Now, I don't think he's going to be out for the season. I think if he was, if they knew he was going to be out for the season, they wouldn't have applied a waiver. So I think you can go ahead and throw it in the trash. I think also, if they believed that he would be out past the end of the regular season, or maybe with just one race or two left in the regular season, they wouldn't have applied a waiver either. Because we know Chase Elliott can win anywhere. But that's still two races to win in what's going to be either a completely full or very close to full playoff field where everybody is desperate and going for everything. And the last two races of the regular season are where? A road course and a super speedway where absolute chaos and anarchy happen every single time we go to one of those tracks. Whether it be weather, whether it be just crazy racing, wrecks, restart, conundrums, um, those places are always wild. So, at 
the least, or sorry, at the most, or at, sorry, yeah, at the least, I think Chase Elliott's going to have four or five weeks to get into the playoffs. He's not going to be able to point his way in. He's not going to be able to do that. Um, but if he wins a race, because remember, the top 30 rule was abolished in the offseason. You do not have to, you no longer have to be inside the top 30 in points to win, uh, sorry, if, if you, to, to, to get in the playoffs for your win to count. Years past, if you're 34th in the points in the Cup Series or, or below 20th, so say 21st or something like that in the Trucker Xfinity Series and you won a race, that went counted, but it didn't count towards the playoffs. It would not lock you into the playoffs. Now, all those rules have been abolished. So if a 27th place guy in the truck series or the Xfinity series wins, he's in. If the 36th place guy like Cody Ware, BJ McLeod, or maybe in this situation Chase Elliott wins, they're in. Which I don't like. I think it further delegitimizes who gets in the playoffs, especially if they win at like the road course or super speedway. Now look, if they go out, I, I, every win is legitimate in NASCAR in some way. They outperform the competition in some way, form, or fashion. If they go out and dominate a, 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 a short track or an intermediate, or a longer intermediate like Michigan or Auto Club. I mean, absolutely, it's fair game. It's fair game either way. They won fair and square. They played by the rules. You know, hate the game, not the player. But um, if they lead one lap at a super speedway where there's only seven cars running at the end, are they really deserving of having a chance at a championship over a guy who, well, maybe not winning a race, was super consistent all year long? Um, you know, than, than a guy who... You, like Truex last year. You know, Truex is obviously the best example of that. Uh, especially in the Cup Series where with the next-gen car, chaos is king. We'll see how much that keeps up, um, you know, this year, this season. But um, that that's going to be the name of the game is chaos. Um, I said at the least he'll have four or five weeks. Again, I just don't think they would apply for a waiver. Or really pushing that hard if they knew. I mean, obviously, a Daytona or Watkins Glen anything. He's one of the best road course racers in the sport. He's turning into one of the best uh, super speed racers in the sport. Um, but that'd still be a big uphill climb. Be a big test. Um, it'd be a perfect swordbook moment if he came back with only one or two weeks left and got in. But it's still, I don't know. I don't know if he can do that. Um, I think we'll have six, seven weeks. You know, maybe at the most, maybe eight or nine weeks at the most. We'll just really have to wait and see. I'm no doctor. I'm no medical expert whatsoever. Um, but that nine team, they're going to push Chase Elliott. He's going to push himself to get back in that car because there's nothing more painful, as Dale Earnhardt said, than watching somebody else drive your race car because that's your race car. I can't imagine what he was feeling, you know, when when he saw that nine go out there on Saturday and Sunday with Josh Perry behind the wheel. It's a feeling of pain, though, from what I've heard, that, it's almost it's worse than physical pain because you know you're supposed to be out there and as com- as competitive, as driven, as hungry as NASCAR drivers are, especially at the highest level, um, it it does something to you that that's different from almost anything in sports. If like it's like if you saw somebody else put on your jersey, and and you know it it's hurts, it stings, um, and I completely understand. Um, not as, not re- not literally, but I, I you know I, I I get what they are saying in, in that re- in that respect. Um, they're gonna push Chase Elliott, and he's gonna push himself. I wouldn't be surprised if he got into the playoffs. I doubt he's gonna point himself in unless he comes back in the next three to four weeks, maybe even two weeks. 
because even right now we're seeing some guys like Reddick, Austin Dillon, Ryan Priest, Chase Briscoe that are in early season playoff trouble. They're fading fast. They're already really close to or already a full race or more than a full race behind. That's not where you want to be even three weeks in. You say, oh, we got time before you realize that you're 25th on points, 10 races in, 20 races in, 26 races in, and you're out of the playoffs. So it's crucial. you got to make every race count, every stage point count, every position count. If you have a chance to go for a win, you do it, especially with how crazy things got last year. You absolutely go for it. Um, so do I think Chase Elliott can make the playoffs? Absolutely. Will he? I don't know because that's not something we can predict because we don't know when he's coming back. We don't know how rusty he'll be. I assume he's going to spend a lot of time in the sim once he's cleared to do that. Maybe some time on the old Xbox on NASCAR Heat. Um, but he'll be doing all he can to get back in that car. Um, as for the more pressing story of this weekend at Phoenix, or not the more pressing, the more time-sensitive story, because we got to race in, you know, four or five days. Um, who's going to race at Phoenix? Who's going to drive that nine car there? We know Barry did it. He's started three cup races. Noah Gregson, he's already in the cup series. Um, or I might say he could do it. Would they go to a veteran like Allgaier, who's run plenty of cup races? Would they go to a really young guy in San Mare just to test him out? Brandon Jones, maybe. I, I've again, I've heard people float around Castle, Gordon Johnson, LaJoy. Just, I think the most likely thing is though, is that they do um, what twenty three eleven did last year. Barry was kind of hired on a on a whim, like Ty Gibbs, and I wouldn't at all be surprised if Barry sticks this out for fifteen, twenty, however many races it is that he needs to run. Now, I wouldn't be shocked if they went the the other way either and hired somebody like LaJoy or Castle, um, you know, Chandler Smith, somebody like that. Um, but consistency is key. Maybe Barry could even, you know, work himself into a few good finishes, maybe find himself in contention for a win at uh, a road course or more likely a super speedway. You got one of those in Atlanta at a couple weeks. Do you, do you kind of fill it with guys who are better at certain tracks? You know, maybe RCR lets you dip down um, and you can go get Austin Hill for a super speedway race. If you're looking for, for more of a, a road course um specialist maybe you go get a guy like you know landing castle or brandon jones i don't know i don't really know how well those guys have run the road courses in the past but somebody like that maybe if you're looking on an intermediate maybe you go you know you put barry in that car or allgaier who's been so good at those tracks you know we don't know we really don't know this this whole situation is just those three words we don't know i don't know um they said they were going to make a decision on who's going to drive the 9 today. Haven't seen anything yet tonight. Um, just checked it, so we'll see in the morning if anything has changed, developed um, on that. So that's, that's the episode, guys. Just talking about Chase Elliott stuff. If you're on YouTube, leave your thoughts in the comments below. Or I made a whole other video about it on my YouTube page. Um, this Just kind of a, a follow-up to that. Now, we will have a video of this on YouTube later. I'm not going to be... I might be close to saying the same things, but it's not going to be just a rehash. I post all the podcast episodes on there, but I'm, I'm going to do the same thing with talking about Chase Briscoe and SHR and then my preview show and the pre-race show. So it's not going to be just regurgitating the exact same word. It is going to be different stuff so go check out 
the Spotter Stand YouTube page for more NASCAR news from all three series, uh, pre-race shows, post-race shows, and discussions all week. And obviously, if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, and share. Um, if you're on another podcast platform, share it, rate it, follow it, do all that stuff. Um, and I really appreciate you watching or listening wherever you are. I'm Sam Stubbs from the Spotter Stand YouTube page and the Below the Yellow Line podcast, signing off.